Right, we have a special edition of the UK Fans Podcast. I am Dan and I'm joined by... Chris! Hello! Who has who has just joined us, fresh off a plane or two, from the Silverstone uh, British Grand Prix. So Chris, on a whole, how did you find the experience? Because obviously this is a test pilot program in the UK, um, letting everyone in that's been vaccinated or has shown a negative lateral flow test. So from Friday, break, break it down for us how it was getting in uh, and what it was like inside once you were actually in. Well, I got there first day I turned up was Friday and I'd seen the horror video of the 3RQ. So I was a bit panicking. So um, everything was nice and quick. Got in the car park pretty quickly. Um, my brother, his two-week window for the end or for the activation of his vaccine wasn't until race day. So he had had to take a lateral flow test the night before we went. And um, because he did, I did one with him. Just to, you know, sympathize. Um, and we headed across to the entry point and were greeted by somebody that said, um, can we see your proof of vaccination? Um, and as we're from Northern Ireland, ours is a bit different to what you have over there. You have a um, one of those little square QR codes on your NHS app. Yeah. So from Northern Ireland, we have a card that's got our vaccination stickers on it, date, times and all that there. They decided to tell us that that wasn't acceptable. And that we had to do a lateral flow test and show proof. Um, and we got a bit annoyed, obviously, at that point. Because, and as I stated, there was nothing in their terms and conditions, nothing in their rules to say that our evidence wasn't acceptable. And that if I hadn't done a lateral flow test the night before... I would be in the poo, literally. So it was, so it was kind of, they they knew what they wanted, but they didn't really purvey it very well to the to the public that was no, going in. No, it was purveyed very very poorly. So did you see anyone else that was having any issues, like trying to get in, or because they were from the UK, they might have been a bit a bit easier because for them. they're from the UK. They were able to come up and show the QR code and go okay. through. But once you were in. Did you only have to produce this, produce this once, and then you were kind of like accepted? You were just got, got your pass, and then you were good. Yep, yep. You you um showed the evidence to the lateral flow test. All he did is check the date. Um, and I'll say this: it's easier to fake a lateral flow test than it is to fake the evidence that we come from Northern Ireland with. Yeah. So that's all I'll say on that because you can so easily go onto the NHS site or onto your the website and put in that you've had a negative result. Yeah. And that's even it. if you haven't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's um kind of flawed in that way then. Yeah, definitely. But um we went through, 
through the gate and it's as if you're into a different world. There's nobody wearing masks. Um, there's no big massive queues. So obviously you've been to quite a few Grand Prix, in including quite a few Silverstone Grand Prix. W yeah. W would you say that this is, it, it was back to like its, its heyday as it was pre-COVID in this instance? No. 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 When you come to like, um, I don't know who's been there, who hasn't, but you've got um, like the village, which is in yeah. the middle of the, of um, the new section um, where all the, the teams usually have cars on display and they'll have the, all the shopping area. Um, all the cars, there was three, three cars on display, four cars on display. Um, the Monaco, McLaren, Lando Norris's usual McLaren, a Mercedes, and one of Sterling Moss's Mercedes. And they were all in big glass boxes. So there wasn't just a little sort of thing to go around and take photos from all the different angles. Which they would have had pre-COVID. It would have, it would have just been a little, like, tapered-off section with yeah, barrier. Yeah, exactly. Thing. It wouldn't have been. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And um, when you look at it at night, when you go there at night and look at it, it's like a snort box. You know, you can see where everybody's been leaning up against the glass. And... So not exactly COVID-friendly. No, far from it. It's probably helped spread COVID, but um, exactly. So, what 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 other differences did you did you see like in the grandstands and stuff like that? That was There's nothing in the grandstands. So, when you were basically in just general admission, walking around the track, uh, seating, all that sort of stuff, it was just like it was before. It's only when you kind of enter the village and the shops and the like, the kind of manned areas that uh, obviously have employees and stuff that the public go into. But they're not. They're not even massive differences, you know. In the village, you still had esports, still had all their simulators. Yeah, I I really don't like them. I I got beat by an eight year old kid. It wasn't even funny. Yeah, I get <laughs> embarrassed. I have to put all the assists on. Um, they still had the pit stop challenge. Um, they had the world championship trophy on display, but again, behind a glass box. They did have a small little, um, they called it uh, the 70 years of motorsport. And you go in and there's about five or six cars that aren't in boxes. Um, and you follow a line and it takes you back out. Okay. Uh, so kind of like a, like a one-way system, like in and out type thing. Yeah. Okay. But like Mercedes usually have their own big area. Maybe with a car on it and all their, all their gear, all their merchandise. There was none of that. It was all the little tiny stalls that you get spread around the circuit. Um, all the normal food stalls were there, you know, in the party area. You wouldn't know there was any difference. Um, and the only thing you notice really is that every time you've touched something that then is someone else is going to go to. Somebody else will quickly come and wipe it. That was the only thing that I could say you would really notice. So they, they were kind of on it then. Yeah. And there was, there was hand 
sanitizer everywhere. Okay, so on a whole, would you say that their experiment was successful? Do you think? It, did you feel safe there? I didn't feel unsafe. Um, I felt like it was a normal Grand Prix to, to a certain degree, but you know, it's not until the days after that we're gonna know whether it was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. Like I said at the start, you know, that we don't know who's gone in with a lateral flow test that's faked it or come up with a negative test and, and has just bluffed it. With that is the thing. It's Like I said, it's quite easy to fake. But obviously, once you get past the COVID stuff and you went to Friday, how did the fans take to the sprint qualifying and stuff like that when you were sat in your seating area with, with all the fans? How was everyone... Where, where, was it a negative uh, kind of atmosphere or excited atmosphere? The build-up was excited because it, it was still the start of a race. You know, it didn't matter that it was only a 17-lap race. It was still the start of, of a race. So, th so there was still that kind of high anticipation that you get for the race when you see the cars going round to line up? Yeah. There's that crackle in the atmosphere, and where I'm sitting, you've got them all revving up to go onto the grid, and and then you know everything starts. Um, but by the end of it, everybody was like, "What? What? What the? What? The fastest guy is an on pole. What, what, what was the point of this?" And it was very, very, very well heard around the circuit you know what was what was that mickey mouse thing all about so from a from a fan's perspective uh obviously you were with quite a few of them it was very anticlimactic would you say to what they were expecting they expected it to be a bit more nitty-gritty a bit more everyone taking chances like we spoke in the, one of our previous podcasts i think i said it's just going to cause people to crash and not end up with a car for the race it's not it's not that everybody the problem isn't qualifying the problem is overtaking and we can't f do anything about qualifying until overtaking has been fixed and you, you know it just seems they're targeting the wrong area target uh, you know qualifying isn't broken and um this to me just proved that lewis was the fastest driver on friday and Lewis was the fastest driver on Saturday. And he still didn't end up on pole. And that to me just isn't right. Yeah, it is a bit of a fractured uh, kind of spectacle in a way. Because I, I, I admit, as a fan watching at home at work, I did kind of get into it. But by 17 laps, I was like, right, let's let's go. And it was like, oh, like, shit, it's ending. Like, it's where's, over. Where, yeah, yeah. Where, where's the rest of the race? Um. So obviously that was like like you said that that kind of was felt the fans pervade their uh, dislike for that quite quite heavily by what you say. The other the other thing fans were quite pissed off with was Friday with qualifying being so late. It was such a long day for fans in the to be in there, and you know the temperatures were peaking at thirty degrees with no shade and you were in there from I, I got in the circuit that morning at 8 o'clock 
because you've got so much that you've got to fit in on a Friday morning. To you want you got to do your shopping, you've got the new museum, you know you've got all these things you want to do and get out of the way before you're sat in a seat for the rest of the weekend. So what what sort of time frame between obviously the last support race or supporting series or whatever to quant to the actual qualifying for the sprint race? How big of a, how big of a gap? Uh, what were we looking at? Like as a fan, they were. They would break down event. Um, they would break races down to sort of forty-five minutes to an hour apart, and fill with Silverstone TV and Radio Silverstone um, to try and keep you occupied until the next thing happened. So realistically. They could have done it a lot earlier then, do you think? They they could have done that at could have done, 4 o'clock, 3, 4 o'clock. They, they said quite a while ago that they were doing it at the time they were because they wanted people to be able to get out of work and still get there to watch qualifying or still get home to watch qualifying. And if you really want to give a damn about people watching qualifying, then run it on a Saturday like you've done it. When nobody's at work. Well, the majority of people aren't at work. If you want to run sprint qualifying, because the, the big thing people were confused about, and even I'm, I like to think I'm, I know quite a bit about F1, but I, I was confused by this, was they were going from P1 to qualifying to P2 to sprint qualifying to the race, and nobody really could figure out until quite late in the day at what point cars were going to depart for me? Yeah. You know, they were running a practice session, and we all sat and said this at the start of the practice session, because by that point, by P2, we knew the cars had been in park for me overnight. We were all sitting there saying, is there actually going to be any major running here? Because they've done everything they can do to the cars. All they can do is burn fuel. Once they've set their car up for FP1, that's it. You've got what you've got, and and that's it. You can't that's change it. It. Yeah. it. it is run what you brought. Okay. Yeah. That's that's quite interesting. That obviously even the fans were struggling to to figure out what was going on, and you and you guys were obviously there, and you know you're you've got the atmosphere, you've got the information, it's all around you. Um, right. So jump forward all of that palaver. Um, we get to the race Sunday. What would that? What what was the atmosphere like? Uh, at the start of the race, we'll we'll get to the the first lap incident in a minute. But but coming to that race, knowing that Lewis was the fastest at the time and should have been on pole, uh, how how was the atmosphere around around the track? Nervous, but at the same time electric. You know, it is. I was sitting um, on Club Corner and the grandstand to the left of me was full. The grandstand to the right of me was full. The grandstand I could see up at Stowe was full. The grass in front of me was full. And um, it was just electric. And the big thing I noticed amongst the crowd this year was there was a real lack of red. Um in all my years of going to Silverstone, 
there's always been a huge Ferrari following and that wasn't evident this year. It was orange and it wasn't Verstappen orange. The British public is leaning more towards Lando then? Yeah, massively. As the future, because obviously, you know, we, we, we are looking for the future. You know, when you look back to 2006 and we had Lewis come through, now as British yeah. people, we're looking for Lando and Russell. And George, when he qualified on seventh, Silverstone erupted. I mean, and the ground was shaking. It absolutely erupted. More than when Hamilton will put it on pole. It was amazing. And, and do you think that's because people are just looking forward to the future? Like, you know, they're seeing what can happen. They're kind of living it, like watching it happen. Because this is the first time they've been back in a year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two races. Um, so, it's, it is a big one to have the fans back. It was very pro-British. You know, the, the support for the three British drivers was massive. And um, Danny Rick got quite a good following. But beyond that, you couldn't really see many other drivers being really supported. Um, it, was, it was crazy. It really was. So we've got the good part of the first uh, build-up lap going around. Um, oh. Obviously, from where you were, you would have had to, had to watch it on one of the big screen uh, TVs that they've got going around, big, huge boards. What was it like when Lewis went into Max or Max went into Lewis? There was obviously there was concern for Max. You know, every everybody knew it was a hundred and eighty mile an hour corner. Max's camera shut off, so we didn't see anything. Like it, it, it froze for about five seconds before they cut to another camera. Yeah, we didn't even know what had happened to Max until right. we saw all the replays. Um, we had no idea what happened because um, they, they because they they instantly switched from Lewis's camera to Max's, and when they switched to Max's, it just cut off. The, the, the feed that we get at the circuit is what you see on at home. Oh, so so yours was cut out as well, and you just had to wait to see what happened. Yeah, it was it was it was a broke it was broken camera, wasn't it? So yeah, they give it a few seconds to get the feedback, and then weren't receiving it, so it changed. Did it kind of feel like obviously I I don't you know wanna really get into it too much because it's a it's a very negative thing for my sport but did it feel very George Bianchi-ish when he flew into that wall no no there was concern because we knew it was a big one and initially we weren't sure if Hamilton was in it um yeah and then obviously he came round and we knew he was alright then it was switched back. The red flags out. What's going on with Max? And when everybody saw him get out of the car, you know the chair went up around Silverstone. You know nobody wants to see a driver get hurt. Exactly. You know it's it. it I I think at times I think we spoke about this before in another podcast as well. At times you forget how dangerous it is because when they crash they get up they and they walk away. Yeah. Like he took a 51G hit. That's a lot of G. It is. It is. It's an awful lot. 
But when you look at the at the damage to the barriers, the tires had shifted across a little bit. You know, it, it's crazy, but um, I think the crowd were relieved that Hamilton was still going on at the red flag. You know, everybody's mind was working. Is his car broken? Is the front wing broken? They've come up over the radio. Front wing's broken. Pit now, pit now. And Lewis ignored them and went right, which turned out to be the right thing to do. Um, and then the red flag, obviously. We saw Max go. We saw him taken off to the hospital. Yeah, did he, um, did he fly off in there? The helicopter, or was there was he... a helicopter. There, there was a helicopter that took off from that area, but you know, there's so many helicopters in and out of that place on a race day. You don't know whether it's airport helicopter transport to the airport or, or to the or hospital or a not. Celebrity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once that happened, obviously there must have been a rife debate between was it Max, was it Lewis, was it both of them? At you know. We, we we said on a podcast last night when we recorded it, which is obviously going out just before this one, that at some point, Lewis has to, has to fight back to Max. He can't let him keep bullying him out of corners. Um, my my words yesterday, or yesterday to my friend and my brother that were there, was Max has pushed Lewis too far this season, and Lewis hasn't bitten. And Lewis had to get his shoulders out at some point. Um, there was a strong, there was a strong feeling inside the track that it was Max's fault. Um, there was a, a very loud boo when Christian Horner's radio message to the FIA came up. What? So do you do you hear all that through through the tannoys and stuff? They 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 give you all that, yeah. Yes. So when you when you hear it, we hear it. Um, I thought Michael Massey yesterday was outstanding, especially the way he dealt with Toto. Yeah, his um his his replies to all of them, I think, was quite. It's, it was very neutral, very professional. Uh, he didn't favour anybody or any decision he was taking. It obviously, it's not actually his decision. Um, it's it's obviously the stewards' uh, decision in the end of it, but if you think back to Imola and Barcelona, where where Lewis backed out of those charges that Max gave him on, you know, where he where where he basically done exactly the same as he done at Silverstone, he expected Lewis to to give up, to uh, concede and give him that corner, and like you said, you know, he's had he's had he's had enough of it now, and. This is what happens when Max doesn't get what he wants. He ends up in a crash. You know, I do say that. I believe Lewis had to get his elbows out. However, I believe Lewis did it at the wrong place. Um, his tyres were cold. He was on the dirty side of the track. And... Uh, Max should have left him a bit more room. Lewis, I believe, backed off because he was quite far up alongside Max. Um, and then get front wheel to rear wheel contact. I believe Lewis backed off. Um, but I do, I put the blame at Lewis. I think the penalty was 
the right call. I was more worried that he was going to get a stop go. Well, obviously, as you would have would have heard, obviously on the the tannoys and screens and stuff. Um, obviously, Red Bull believed that that penalty was an absolute joke. They yeah. disagreed with it highly. Um, obviously, as a Lewis supporter, I was like, "It's a racing incident," and I, I, I'll be honest, I do still think it's 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 a racing incident. You can't lay the blame solely at one person because if you if Lewis isn't going for that, why is he racing? Why is he in a car? Why has he got a contract? You know, you know what I mean. It's what Senna's greatest words were, isn't it? If you don't go for a gap, you're not a racing driver anymore. Exactly, but. Like we said, Max could have backed out of it. Lewis could have backed out of it. None of them wanted to back out of it because they're, you know, they're fighting each other for a championship. I just, be- I just believe it's the wrong corner to have done it. It isn't the best corner. You know, for for Max to have gone in the fifty one G crash, that's what it it G less than Grosjean's fireball. You know, that's that's a bad bad crash. Yeah, and um, Lewis is experienced enough at Silverstone to know where you can put your car and when you can put it. He's got a lot more experience there than Max has, and at the other end of the spectrum, he's fighting the guy that used to break and zigzag. Will not mention Alonso, um, and the guy that would always put his place, and he said before that you can either hit me. Or get him away. So you can look at it either way. We found out what side Lewis is going to pick. He's just going to collide with him because, like, like I said at, at like earlier, at what point does Lewis stop getting bitched out of corners? You know, he's got he's he, he's he's got to fight back. He's a multi world champion in this sport. He he he, he can't keep getting bullied by a toddler let's face it um by the way that they behaved yesterday i'm fully convinced red bull is running a, a fucking nursery um but right so we so we, we put all that out of the way everyone's happy max is not injured he's gone to hospital we've got the red flag well actually we didn't know it it actually gone to hospital you know we didn't find out until the end of the race no oh, okay so that that wasn't purveyed to the fans that he'd gone for medical attention. We were told that he'd been um, taken to a nearby hospital just as a as a precaution uh, to be checked over. Yeah, I was in my car when I heard he went to hospital. I would have thought that would have been information that was obviously given to the fans, obviously being there and witnessing it, especially the ones that were on on that corner. On that corner, yeah. yeah. No, we didn't. We didn't find out about it until afterwards. Fast forward past the red flag. And we got the um, the second start in in there the atmosphere going for that second start, knowing that there was a Ferrari on pole. How did it feel? Everybody was confident that Lewis was just going to drive off. Nobody ex- saw that he was going to sit there behind them, and the whole place went flat. And it wasn't it didn't really kick off until. Lewis started going for it. And when he started bringing that down a second at a time, then that's when the crowd started getting up. So the crowd kind of was kind of like just in a state of just chill, 
in a way, just waiting for something to happen. No, no, they they were concerned. You know, why can't they get past this Ferrari? It's, this Ferrari shouldn't be this fast. So there was actual genuine concern that Lewis was not going to pass him. Yeah, and we knew we knew there was the ten second penalty coming. Yeah, and it was like, why aren't you trying to get past him? I'm making a gap. Surely you can make a ten second gap on this Ferrari. And he, he did. It didn't look like he was pushing. You know, and he would come over the radio on my front right and what have you. But that's Lewis. He always does that. Yeah, I I genuinely don't believe Lewis anytime that he says his tyres have, have had it or his tyres are blistering. I don't think Bono does either. Because every time he says it, he whacks in the fastest lap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so he's playing mind games somewhere along the line yeah. uh, regarding that. Um, so what was it like when Lewis finally got past Charles? I've never heard a noise like it at Silverstone. Never in all the time I've been there. Have I, I That was my 11th British Grand Prix. And I have never heard the crowd cheer like they did yesterday. It was mind-blowing. You couldn't help it. There was that release in yourself. You know, there's this pent-up anger that's been going on for the last lot of weeks. And it just all released at that moment. And um, it was just then, it was just counting the laps. Let's just finish it. Let's just finish it. And when he went round on that last lap to win, because we, we, where I was sitting, we were just round the corner from the start-finish. And, oh, man. I wish I could have that feeling every day. Yeah. But um, where I was sitting, you could see Park Fermi, you could see the podium. And... It was just in front of the field where Lewis came out with the flag. And oh, you can't, you just can't bottle that. And it really annoyed me when Max Verstappen came out and said, it was, what was it, it was pathetic of Lewis to be celebrating while I'm in hospital. Which Lewis didn't even find out until... He was being interviewed for TV. Right, we we kind of had this discussion on social media today. Not 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 yesterday because it yesterday was an appalling day for social media, which Disgusting. we won't get into too much. But the it there's there's no place in our sport for that. There's um, no space, and in it was sport sickening to see. Um, but you go back to when Grosjean was being barbecued, and we can joke about it now because it's it's happened. But was he not on a podium spraying yeah. champagne? Yeah. Um, it you know you, you've just you've just won the Silverstone Grand Prix, which along with very few like Monaco and such is an iconic F one sporting event. You're gonna be happy that that you've won it. You know you're you're in front of what was it 140 plus thousand fans? 140,000 fans, especially in the manner that you've won it. You know, because I'm sure his heart sank at that with a 10-second penalty. And Valtteri between you and... Even he flew past Lando. Uh, you look at it, he overtook Lando and he overtook Charles, both in Cop's corner. And they both got out of the way. You, you can't not celebrate it. And to come online and uh, basically slate the winner 
for enjoying their success yeah. and winning when Lewis would have been told, you know, he's okay. He's just, you know, he's, he's yeah. banged up. You know, he, he might not have been told any more than that because he did go over the radio and, and, and he did ask, is Max okay? They said, yes, Max is okay. Um, and he got up and he walked away quite winded, obviously 51 G it's, it's going to knock the wind out of you, but why, but why should you not celebrate it? I just don't understand no, it. Absolutely no reason. Absolutely no reason. They were, Red Bull were very bitter. Lewis, I drove that car yesterday again. And Red Bull can't cope with the fact they ain't got a driver at Lewis's quality. It's, 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 it's a very hard one when you've got Helmet Marco saying that he needs a one race ban. You've got... Um, Horner saying that he's a dirty driver. Uh, he he should know better. But you've got a you've got a driver for the last four years has drove like an absolute ballend, um, and it's only now people are getting out of his way because they don't want to end up in a million pound crash. Yeah, and uh, how many times has Lewis said that one person he wouldn't want to be trying to get past is Max because. He wouldn't want to get knocked off the track. You've only got to go back to like uh, I think it was straight between turn three or four, four or five. They were they were banging wheels like side by side. Like, at what point do you give in? Yeah, there was a similar maneuver in the spring qualifying between the two of them. Whether where Max came got the better of them, I thought I believe that was Cops Corner as well. You know, Max isn't. Maxon isn't innocent in all of this. No, but it's, it's like I say, it's got to be a racing incident if it's involved like that. But obviously the FIA fought different. They give him a penalty. He overcome the penalty and he still won. Um, you can't really ask much more from a driver than that on a day, surely. No. No. But this, yeah, after all of this, um, came the most ridiculous thing of the weekend. Um, uh, you've been to Silverstone, haven't you, for a race weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody goes on the track after the race. That didn't happen this year because of COVID safety concerns. But as we were trying to leave the track, everybody was so compressed that just to get some space, I had to shout out... I've got a sore throat and a cough, and you can hear me. I instantly got a two foot space around me. <laughs> People were like, "Is he joking or what?" <laughs> but yeah, um, for anyone that hasn't been to a to a not just Silverstone but to any Grand Prix, um, it's it is an, a sight to behold the leaving of the crowd. The only thing I've come close to seeing like it is is when you see all the ants in like a wave. It's <laughs> it's it's crazy and especially when we were at um at Spa and we were up on the hill just watching a sea of hundreds of thousands of people try to maneuver in the same way is it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um well But that could have been avoided by putting them on the track and letting them spread out. Yeah, and they and then they would have dispersed in separate groups yeah because every every year i'm there i'll every year i'm there i'll go on the track and do a lap like a, a 10 minute lap because i love it <laughs> i love yeah well i can still get around there faster than massive but he, chris chris he had a spin um, this week he had a spin 
I know, I, and I'd said just before, I, I think Betty, the first person to do it, it's going to be him. <laughs> but, um, oh, on the commentators, oh my God, I think I'm bad with Paul DeResta when he says mediums. The commentator cannot get people's names right. Mazepin, that was Mazepin, Mazepin. Roy Nissani, he was Nissani. Oh, there was too many to, to say. It was just, it, oh my God, my head was exploding. Right, so on a whole, would you say this Grand Prix was pretty much a success and we need to get back to opening up our doors to fans now? Once we've let everything calm down and see if there's a, an aftermath. You're talking maybe 350,000 people over the weekend. So that's a lot of people even if you know you've got so many thousand repeat weekenders um there's still people that are only turned up for the sunday so there's it's you know we don't we're not going to know anything for a couple of weeks but if there's no aftermath then yeah there's a gateway there to start with um the drivers loved it, you know, and Lewis performed because there was a crowd there. George performed because there was a crowd there. Lando performed because there was a crowd there. It it must be unlike, you know, anything that they experience with no crowds there. I mean, yeah. as as a driver, you must, you, you know, you must crave that atmosphere that um build up that like expectation and just everything coming to a climax for the race when you can hear or when you can feel the noise you know they can feel it yeah there's no way that that's not gonna get to you yeah it's not gonna drive you on like everybody's union flags were going mad it did it, it did look great yeah. on tv it looked absolutely phenomenal and, yeah, I can't wait to watch it again. And obviously, as a British fan of a British driver, Lewis, obviously, if I thought he was in the wrong, yeah. I would have had to say that he was in the wrong. Unlike some certain other fans that can't hold their hands up when their driver's been an absolute ballend, um, you would have to, uh, in this case, if you generally thought that it was not a racing incident. Um but that brings us to our close for this special segment from Chris, uh, who has literally just got in from the Silverstone Grand Prix. Uh, literally moments before we recorded this, uh, I was badgering for when he was going to be uh, coming on because I needed to get it done. Um, but I just want to say once again that this um, podcast is sponsored by Apex Tracks. That's A-P-E-X-T-R-A-X-S.com for all of your 3D printed wall art. They have some amazing tracks available. You've got Spa, you've got the one we've been talking about today, Silverstone, Brands Hatch, uh, TT Circuits, F1, literally anything motor racing inspired, these guys have got it. So don't forget to check them out. And I want to give another big thank you to Chris for joining us as quickly as he could after the Silverstone Grand Prix, jumping on in, do, doing this special, giving us at home an insight into what has been going on today, what F1's been dealing with, how they're overcoming, and what sort of challenges we're going to face in the future. Um, so from me, Dan, I just want to say a big thank you. And from me, it's cheerio, guys. 